Welcome to Training Room Talk, where we discuss all things performance, rehab, and education. Welcome back to another episode of Training Room Talk. I'm Nick Perugini. I'm joined today with Dr. John Herding. Hey guys, what's going on? And Coach Rob Rubina. How we doing? Today we're going to go into questions that you should ask your potential coach or trainer. This is something that we've talked about in past episodes, and we feel this is a a responsibility for the athlete, for anyone really that's looking to start a new exercise, fitness, or sports performance program, is to be able to do your research prior to uh, when you're shopping for coaches or trainers. So we're going to go ahead and start with Rob. Rob is going to share some of his questions that he's got in the past and questions that you should be asking your coach or trainer. Yeah, this is this is something that I feel like most of my clients and athletes need to do and should be doing. Um, So let's say you are looking to start an exercise program, strength and conditioning program, fitness program, whatever it might be, right? What do most people usually do when they're looking to start an exercise or fitness program? In my opinion, they ask someone that's fit or is already exercising, right? They usually ask for a referral. Um, because people don't know or don't know anything about fitness. So they ask someone that is fit or looks like they work out. So they ask for a referral. They ask a teammate. They ask someone that's throwing the hardest on the team or, you know, whatever it might be. So they, 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 they ask someone their opinions and thoughts about what they should do for their exercise, fitness, training, conditioning program. Um, so to me, that's how all this process starts. And when you ask someone for a referral, what they usually say is, oh, I work out out so-and-so, you should go there too. You should see this person, he's really good. And most people just say, okay, what's his number? <laughs> right? That, that's how most people, right? You guys probably get the same thing, a lot of referrals. Yep. And that's how they come see you. Oh, how did you guys hear about me? Oh, from so-and-so. Uh, okay. Yeah. They don't yeah. know anything else about you. They just said, you know, my friend Ralphie told me to go see you. <laughs> I don't have any friends, Ralphie. That's just the first name that came to my mind. But um, you know, that's that's how most people start or see something new mm-hmm. is from referral. Um, so when you get that referral, the next step should be okay. Thank you, and you know, I'm going to go do my own research now. And that research could consist of anything from minimally reading the person's maybe bio on the website, right? Maybe you then go to the website and you follow up and you say, okay, well, let me read more about this person. Okay, what's their bio telling me about where they've been in the past, right? Or what's their website say about, you know, their facility or the clients that they're currently training? Like, who do they train? Are they training a bunch of fitness clients and you play football or baseball, and but they don't have anything about sports performance or transition on their website? Um, you know, so go on their website, look at their brand, look at who they're training, um, and that'll kind of give you an idea, okay, like this person, and, and you read the bio, read where they've been, and then maybe, hey, maybe you take it a step further and you research the places that they've been and see if that's a reputable gym, you know, that's a reputable men- uh, mentor, you know, a schooling. You look at their school, 
you know, you look at all these things. Um, so that way you have an idea, like when you then go to call your, your potential trainer or coach to say, hey, like, I'm looking for so-and-so for my son, Tommy. Um, you know, hey, I know you see, I see you train baseball players. Can you tell me about the process of how things get started? Um, so usually that's how I usually, that's the first question I usually get is, hey, like I'm interested in doing some um, training. You know, so-and-so told me to call you. This is me calling you. Um, so typically I explain my training process and, you know, that's usually about it. And they come in for their eval. So when you when they when they come in for their initial, you know, their first day, right, their intake, I think that is another opportunity for you to then further ask your coach, hey, one thing, like, tell me about your background, tell me about your schooling, mm -hmm. tell me about your internships, tell me about your previous training experience, tell me about your certifications, you know, what, why are you qualified to be taking my money and training my son or training myself, right, or daughter, whatever it might be. Um, so you have to then ask the trainer because, hey, you don't know, they, the bio could be about, I hate, and I hate when trainers do this, about their playing days. Yeah. I don't care where you played or how good you were. Mm -hmm. I really don't. It doesn't tell me if you're a good trainer or not. That's the point. It doesn't. So don't put that in your bio. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you played or not. Right? It doesn't. It just tells someone that you were good at a sport or you weren't good at a sport. Who are the, the the athletes that are usually the worst coaches too? Are the star players, aren't they? Yeah, debatable. Depends <laughs> on the person. But but uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like you know there there has to be some more homework done on the athlete and clients end. And um, when you know when you are there for your first day, like you know make sure the things that you heard on the website or that you you talked to on the phone or you followed up in the email. Make sure all this this is the whole process. Like make sure all of these things are checking your boxes of your approval before you sign up. You know, if if, if they are delayed in an email, they take a couple days to get back to you, or you know, you ask them about their experience and they don't really want to tell you, or they ask about your certifications and they say, Oh yeah, it's up to date. Well, is it really? Like are you sure that they have yeah. certifications or that they're qualified to be training? Um, you know, or they have they say they train this player and this player, but you know, do they do they really train that person, or was it just for, you know, a one day thing, whatever it might be? So, um, you know, from my best advice is to, you know, like I said, do your homework on the person that you're seeing, make sure that they are going to be able to help you or your son or daughter um, perform uh, or improve their fitness and strength and strength conditioning program. Um, make sure that they're following up with the things that they're saying. If they're say they're going to do these things, well, then you have to ask and say, "Hey, like, you know, did you did my son improve his speed? Because that's why we're here. Like, how do I know my son improved his speed?" So you have to like be involved in the process as a parent or as a client. And say, "Hey, like, I want to see if I'm improving. You know, to see if my money is being well spent. You know, is am I seeing the improvements that I came here for?" Mm -hmm. And yeah, I feel like a lot of times people just, you know, they they trust their referral, uh, which is fine. But at the same time, like, do your homework. Well, I, th I think you mentioned a multi-step process there, Rob. Any job interview, right? Usually it begins with submitting a resume. Then it's a phone interview. Then an in-person interview. And then they might ask you to come on the job to spend a day with them. And then if they like you, that you get hired, right? 
So you kind of just ex- described that in what you did. Like someone's going to go online, look you up, see if you have the credentials. Then they might call you and interview you a little bit. Then you'll come in and have an in-person interview. And then if the decision is, if, if they feel like you're the right person, then they'll hire you to perform mm-hmm. the service. Online or social media too. I get a lot of people that go on social media as well. Look on your Instagram page. Oh, wow, you put out, you know, I follow you on Instagram, you put out great information. Awesome, like, yeah. that's awesome to hear. Well, that's your ongoing interview. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, I, so I think that it, it is appropriate. Like, if you want the, the best service that you can get, you're always going to interview. You, you're going to take the referral. You're going to um, understand the reputation of the person that you're, you're going after. And then there's this courting process of figuring out if they're really the right fit. And sometimes, Rob, are there sometimes where you get to that in-person interview and the person decides it's not the right fit? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, and I feel like a lot of times, um, you know, for a lot of different reasons, um, different gyms have different cultures, um, different types of music played, you know, different coaches that have different styles. You know, a lot of my coaches are very laid back. They're not uh, typical cheerleaders, yeah. you know, um, super externally motivated clap, you know what I mean? Like, you know, so your coaching style might not match that person and that's totally fine. Some people might need a, a pat on the butt type coach mm-hmm. or, hey, good job. And I'm, I'm not saying we don't do that, but some people need more of that because that's what helps them um, walk in the doors every day. Um, you know, some people can, you know, I ask us all the time, and hey, like, what kind of music do you want? Like, oh, I don't really care what kind of music you want. Like, you can play whatever, it doesn't really matter. So to me, that person is just internally motivated to improve in their fitness goals. And other people that might walk into the gym the first time might be externally motivated people that need, you know, hard rap music being played and that's the type of music they want to play. But I have Justin Timberlake 90s pop playing when they first enter, which is probably like four or five times a week, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, You know, and that might not be what they're looking for at that time period. And that's fine. I think I think one of the questions too that you know we're, we're talking more specifically to for strength conditioning. I think a question that we sometimes get in physical therapy that can also be translated over to strength conditioning is: Do you have experience coaching or treating people with my similar condition, or in my specific sport, mm-hmm. or in my for my specific? position. And I think a lot of people that's kind of what, what they want to hear is I'm, you know, unique in my presentation. Do you have experience in this specific area? Mm-hmm. No, no doubt, I think and I, and I get that a lot too in baseball like we'll get it maybe in the, someone that's rehabbing from Tommy John. Mm-hmm. So well, have you ever rehabbed anyone from Tommy John before? Right. Or trained someone that had Tommy John before? You know, um, unfortunately that today that question is yes, a lot. But um yeah, I think I think that's a great point. I think another question too that, you know, I might ask a PT is like, hey, like, you know, what type of modalities will you guys use? And by modalities, I might mean soft tissue, any sort any sort of modality that might be used, you know, and why. I feel like the end why needs to be asked. You know, hey, why are my why are you guys using dry needling over? Cupping, I see cupping on TV all the time. Like, why don't you use more of that? You know, I feel like that type of question should be asked to therapists, not to challenge, 
just to understand the process Agreed. and say, hey, like, I want to know why we're doing this over that. You know, and the same thing for training. Like, Rob, why um, don't you do a lot of, I don't know, um, bands? Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you do a lot of band training, Rob? What's wrong with bands? You know, so asking those sorts of questions along the process after you initially sign up so good. is important. Those, I mean, those questions as a coach and as a physical therapist are you, – you got to love them, right? Because it opens up a, a window for some education for that athlete. And it, and it shows that the athlete or, or, or patient is involved in their, in their plan, right, in, their, in, the, in the process. So having questions is always hopefully welcomed by your coach you know, or, or your therapist because it keeps everyone in the loop. It keeps everyone on the same page and it sets expectations, so you understand why you're doing, you know, what you're being, you know, asked to do. Yeah, the, I mean, it's a relationship that's being formed that that everybody has input into, right? So, um, I'm even sure, Rob, when you get to see someone that is asking the wrong questions, you'll educate them through the training process, or you'll get to find, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm maybe not the best person for you, but here's a trainer that I know is who has expertise in what you're looking for, no, I no. can refer them over to you. So then that helps you find a better fit for those specific people as well. No doubt, absolutely, and I do that a lot. And that's why I like you know, having good people and good colleagues around me, maybe in different areas, or you know, hey Rob, I'd love to come see you, but you're just too far. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone else in your area that you'd recommend? You know? Um, or it's a different sport, right? Or, hey, I play this sport, you know. Um, I'm a wrestler or a boxer, you know, UFC fighter. Like, I, I don't know how to train UFC fighter. Or go see this person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, I think knowing your place, knowing what you're good at, and having a good network of people around you is important. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a, a great, when we're talking about the questions, you know, from the clients, um, I got a great question the other day. Um, from Jordan Hicks, who throws 105 miles an hour, fastest pitch uh, last season. He goes, Rob, wh- um, how come I can throw 105 miles an hour? <laughs> you know, uh, kind of like caught me off guard. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't expecting him to ask me that. And, you know, my first initial response was, in the back of my mind, I didn't say this to him. like, well, one, Jordan, you're a physical freak, and you're the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. Um, you know, but that kind of got me thinking. I was like, well, let's, let's, let's really look at him and say, okay, well, what does he do well? Mm-hmm. What doesn't he do well? And is that helping him or hurting him? And from a training program, how can we improve that? And he, he wanted to learn that. He wanted to know, like, what is he doing right, right. now that's making him so successful yeah, at yeah. throwing a baseball? So the, the athlete in, in that time period wanted to learn. So you as the coach need to be able to educate your athletes and clients um, as to why and how and what you're doing applies to their sport, you know, their goals. Performance. Performance, yeah. right? Like, why am I doing a cable row in this manner, and how does that help me throw a baseball? Yeah. Why am I doing trap bar deadlifts over um, back squatting, and how is that helping me throw a baseball? So you want, as the coach, have to be educated, and then two, have to be able to explain that education to the client in an easily understandable manner. Yeah, I think I just real quickly looked up the difference between a teacher and a coach. And um, coaching is about the student. You're helping the student get to – so 
reading this definition and the difference, the biggest difference is ultimately teaching is about the teacher and coaching is about the student. And I think um, we're trying to coach someone to um, be a better per- be a better version of themselves, if I can be so bold, right? Okay. They're they're um, they're asking you to help them reach a goal, right? whether it's Jordan Hicks and he wants to throw 106, right? Or he just wants to not stay um, stay pain free and, and not hurt, right? Um, but it's our goal to educate, teach, and coach them to the goals that they're they're paying us to get them to. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think. Um, Again, I like when people ask questions, and, and he should, especially as a professional athlete, like he should understand the process and understand what's going to keep him healthy and improve his performance to get him there. So I think that's all good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think oftentimes, too, guys, like you guys probably find yourself in this spot. You know, I know I do a lot as well. You know, sometimes you have to be the quarterback and like quarterback this person to do this or see that person or do this next. You know, you have to kind of be. You know, hey, you need to start throwing at this time period or see this physical therapist or see this trainer, um, do this at that time. You know, hey, cut back on this, um, get more sleep, do your homework. You know, um, things that have nothing to do with what you're doing for that person in that day at that time. Um, You know, I think that's also um, important to know, again, when you initially start training or start rehab is like, you know, hey, what are your knowledges? What's your knowledge on a throwing program and progressions? You know, who can I see? Who do you refer? You know, hey, what can I do about nutrition? I get that a lot. Like, you know, do you have a registered dietitian that I can talk to or speak with? You know, so oftentimes I have to be able to have a network around you. So if you are a coach and you don't have a network of people, chiropractor, PT, nutritionist, massage therapist, um, you know, colleagues of trainers that have different specialties, you know, start to develop those relationships with people around you. Yeah, that's but that's been one of the one of the things I've really enjoyed just recently. You know, working here over the past you know few months and starting to build connections with the coaches in the area and just acknowledge and just be able to get people to the right spot. Right, yep. it, it makes it makes you look so much better. It's it's putting the the athlete or the or the patient first. So I mean, building that network has been a great, great, great thing. Yeah. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in today. Rob, John, we appreciate your input on questions to ask your coach. As you can see, it's a two-way street, and we want you to take responsibility um, and and do the duty to make sure you're researching the person that you're going to be trusting with your training or your physical therapy. So thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Training Room Talk. If you like this episode, please like, share, download, and leave a review. Until then, we'll see you next time on Training Room.